Flaming Tree by Phyllis A. Whitney Acknowledgements I will long remember the beauties of the Monterey Peninsula, with its rocky sea coast, white sand beaches, and wind-shaped cypress and pine. I enjoyed the little town of Carmel, not only because it is unique, but because of its creative and friendly residents, who were generous in offering help and hospitality. Margaret Pelican of the Carmel Public Library and Dorothy Stephen of the Monterey Public Library helped invaluably with introductions and research materials. I appreciated the hospitality offered by Michael Stanton of the Normandy Inn, where I stayed, and which appears in this story in another guise. Linda Rockwell became my foreign correspondent, sending me pictures of Nepenthe and other spots I had visited and wanted to write about, as well as answering endless questions. She also introduced me to Linda Stevenson, whose beautiful home in Carmel Highlands I adapted for my book. Anne Yost's enthusiasm and involvement with Robinson and Una Jeffers brought them excitingly to life for me at Tor House. Here at home, Chuck Anderson, teacher, writer, and filmmaker, loaned me books and counseled me on the creating of documentary movies. While my settings are real, none of the characters in Flaming Tree exist outside my imagination. For Edith Forsythe, friend and counselor, a doctor who has never needed lessons in compassion. Chapter One The young boy ran along the top of the cliff, teasing his mother half in anger, half in fun. Behind him, where water cut a gash inland through granite, the Pacific roared, sucked in its breath and roared again, sending rainbow spray high in the air. No, Jody, no! The mother reached for her son, and he slipped away, laughing exultantly, the rim of the chasm much too close to his flying feet. When she reached him, he tried to push her away, pushed with both hands so that she stumbled backward, clasping him desperately at the same time. For an instant they clung together on the very edge, seeking for balance, and then disappeared, the boy still laughing as his mother screamed. The ocean's voice covered all other sounds, and the warm California sun burned brightly down on the point of the sea wolves. A short distance away behind a gnarled oak, a solitary figure kneeling on the dry grass of this high sea meadow watched the two vanish from sight, and after a stunned moment rushed to the edge of the ragged gash above the ocean. The two hadn't fallen into the water but lay far below on a ledge of rock where spray washed over them. Unmoving, mother and son were still clasped in each other's arms. When water retreated and left a moment's quiet, the watcher, who until now had done nothing, called down to them, Ruth! Jody! The two lay still as broken dolls. No one could survive a fall so terrible. It was better to let it end there. Better not to see, but to go quickly away and be forever safe. 